We're the Cullies, and we decided to sell everything and move on to a boat. Are you recording? Yeah. (laughs) You didn't say that. All right. Well, for now, we're going to drop anchor, make ourselves comfortable, and tell you a story. This is episode two of Drop Anchor. The Stinky Boat. Hey, everybody. This is Josh. This is Kendra. We are continuing this adventure. We still don't have a boat. But we have a podcast name. We do. For the past few days, we've been racking our brains trying to figure out some clever names for this podcast, and we enlisted the help of our kids. (laughs) We were stuck on... um, what is the... <laughs> yeah, so, so we, something What's about scurvy. We were like, <laughs> it was like midnight last night. Or like scurvy. Something yeah, like, scurvy. like avoiding scurvy. Got scurvy. Got scurvy. <laughs> um, and it was really funny at the time. So at midnight we were tired. Until I was like, no one wants a t-shirt that says got, got scurvy. scurvy. So we talked about my anchor. So, you know, between the anchor tattoo and other boat paraphernalia, I think that you were kind of on this anchors away kick for a while, which you had that song stuck in your head. Somehow we, I, I don't know, was it you or is it me that came up with, with our title? I think. We landed on Drop Anchor. Thematically, I think it works. It is the theme of being on a boat and going from harbor to harbor sounds all nice and fun, but sometimes you got to do things differently. Sometimes you just have to drop anchor and uh, it seems to fit. And as the more we talked sure. about it, the more we kind of envisioned it, it just seemed to seem to work. Well, it had to do with boats and I wanted something short, simple and catchy. Easy to remember. Easy to remember. Um, Not even just from a marketing standpoint, but just something that, that we can remember. <laughs> well, right. And you're typing it in and we had sentences at one point. And... Since the, the thrust of this is the podcast, dropanchorpodcast.com was available and so we swiped that up and then at midnight right right all this while we're really tired <laughs> like i've got i've got to step back and, and try to decide whether or not this was all a good idea because this is all done in the stupor of, of of sleeplessness so we locked down a twitter account an instagram account created a facebook uh page and uh, yeah, at some point here, I'll put some content on well, there. Designed a logo today. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually probably the coolest thing. I've been printing it and and looking at it over and over again. It's on my home screen on my phone. <laughs> we don't phone. even have like a full podcast, but we've got a logo. We've got a logo. And yeah. like maybe T-shirts. Right. <laughs> but so we got some new equipment. I ended up picking up a couple of handheld mics and 3D printed some tripods and mic clips for them to sit on our table. I've got cords all around me. <laughs> we have a cable management problem. It is a bit of spaghetti soup right now. Did you call it spaghetti soup? I did. I don't know why. I don't know either, <laughs> but it's funny. I don't know. I don't and think th- I've ever made spaghetti soup. I don't we know could what... make it and invent it. Yeah. <laughs> so boats. Yeah. Should we do our story back in time? Was that your plan for chapter two? Maybe. All right, so in chapter two here, we're <laughs> like, going to talk otherwise about... Otherwise, just awkward pause. Right, right. Okay, I'll try that again. I can hear your wheezing. I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> laughing. I don't know where my inhaler is. So here on chapter two, we're going to talk a little bit about our boat story, like why we're into boats, kind of how we got here. We have a 1972 40-foot Tollycraft right now that we absolutely adore. Before we had this boat, we had this other boat. 
It was a 1959 42-foot Matthews. Are we going to talk about why we bought that boat? Yeah, sure. Okay. So we really got into boating on our, I guess, shortly after our 15-year anniversary. But that's because we spent our 15-year anniversary on a whale boat. Whale watching boat. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. We took a seaplane from... Renton. From Renton over to, to Friday Harbor. Friday Harbor. Yep. And we... I wanted to see orcas. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to catch a, a whale watching boat and, and go out. And how many orcas did we see that day, Kench? Well, all we saw were sea lions. Yeah. It's, it, some birds that they were like, that's a, like, I don't know, historic, famous <laughs> bird. <laughs> we saw exactly zero orcas, zero or whales. whales, zero, yeah. It was pleasant. But the whole time I was thinking, man, it'd be this would be much better if I had my own boat and could take my own well, trip out. Like we wanted coffee. It was a colder day. The wind picked up. We went in and she charged us for the coffee. And the guy decided to go one way. And I thought another way looked really cool. And so, I mean, we enjoyed it. But when we got back to the hotel that night and we were talking about the day, it was like, wouldn't it be cool to have our own boat and take the girls and then get to do our own like adventuring and looking for whales? Right. And one of the things that we've always done in our marriage is, you know, whenever we decide, let's just go for a walk somewhere, or let's go somewhere as a family, we'd, we've been to docks and, and marinas so often, just kind of staring at the boat, staring at the water, and... Wishing we were on a boat instead of the dock. Yeah. Like, even when we were at Friday Harbor, part of the time, we were just walking up and down the docks, just looking at different boats. And saying, like, what we liked and didn't like about them, and not agreeing even then, because you would say I pointed out expensive boats. Yeah. What? That's crazy. Well, I had a budget of like $5,000 to buy a boat. And that was not mine. Right. As, as it turns out, $5,000 does not get you a lot of boats. You know what it buys you? <laughs> what, what, what does it buy you, Kendra? It buys you a sinking boat. Yes. <laughs> I got on Craigslist and saw this big boat for $5,500, and I thought, we have to at least go take a look at it. We have to at least see what's going on with it. So we did. We drove up to Bremerton. Bremerton. Yeah, we drove Bremerton. up to Bremerton. and To the yacht club there. There was a yacht club there, and a gentleman met us and walked us over to his boathouse. And the whole time we're walking through. It was cool. We yeah. never walked through boathouses. It felt like we were in a little floating town. Like, I imagine, I like. I feel like I thought even then, I want to live here. Right, right. Like, this is cool. Um, it was like walking through a little city. And part of it was we had looked at boats from like the street, kind of like way up at the top. We'd never walked like through the boats, like on a dock. <laughs> I was like, I love this. Like right away. Yeah, it was like, like a little, little small floating town. Like, I want to live like right here, right now. And then he opened the door. <laughs> right. So this, this particular <laughs> boathouse. And it was like. Do they all smell like well, this? It's a little gross. <laughs> Did something die in here? And as it turns out, the, the guy that was selling us the boat actually bought the boathouse and the boat as a combination package. And he really just bought it so he could have a boathouse for his boat. Right. And then the yacht club gave him like 30 days to get the boat out of the boathouse because he all, he had a boat to put into it and you can't have two you boats. You can't have two boats, right. Um, at the yacht club. So he had to get it out and... So I think what happened then is I got used to the smell was, you know, it's not as like overpowering. And then how would all... you describe the smell? Um, 
something sea serpent pooped and died. <laughs> sea? Okay. Okay, so I get the pooped and died thing. What, what does a sea serpent smell like, Kendra? Well, it had to be sea. It wasn't person. It's not like a person crawled in there and died. But I mean, a serpent? Like, maybe I don't know what a serpent is. A snake? A sea snake? How did a sea snake get on this boat and poop and then die? Something very, something very sea, you know, because there's like that like fishy, dead, rotten potato crotch. (laughs) I'm just going to. Oh my gosh. Gross. (laughs) Aren't you glad you can't smell the world? Because I mean, sometimes I feel bad because you don't get to smell the roses. Like you don't smell flowers like I smell flowers. But you also don't smell sea serpent like, crotches. <laughs> okay, the horror <laughs> that was this boat. So near as I can figure, what it actually smelled like was when the tide goes way out, and there's a lot of stuff that's exposed on the shore that oh, suddenly like, can smell. It was like double that. Like you ignored the smell because you just were like, it was like I swear you walked in. It was like like that well this is a big boat which you wanted that i that was within my budget of five thousand or fifty five hundred dollars and it was like that classic look that you like well to be fair the matthews was a beautiful boat. it is a it's a pretty boat um the man that owned it um, wait wait the guy that sold it to us or the guy that owned it for 30 years the man that owned it for 30 years because the man who was selling it to us only owned it for like a week or whatever and he was just trying to get it rid of it which is why the price was so low Right. Well, that's what we were thinking. That's why we thought the price was low, is he's just trying to get it out of the boathouse. The guy who owned it, there was so much trash. Like, oh, right. It was also full of trash. So, like, we got onto it, and I mean, he's sorting through papers trying to find flashlights. The thing that was most important to me was whether or not the boat actually ran, right? Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with engines, I'm comfortable with with drive gear and all that. And so for me, being completely unfamiliar with how boats worked, I did understand how engines worked. And so if the engines would fire up right away and they sounded right, then I, as far as I knew, and this is this is ignorant, you know, first-time boat owner kind of thing, I figured, okay, perfect. If it runs, it's fine. It's like a car. Like, if I can drive well, it, I'm good. We should probably say we had not yet looked at a, a boat. This was the first boat we'd this been was on. <laughs> I mean, the first boat we'd actually, like, seriously looked at, right? This was the boat. And it was only because all the boats I showed you were too expensive. Way too expensive, yeah. And so this was in the price range that you wanted to spend, and so this is the boat we decided to look at. While you're looking at the engines and he's firing up them up for you, I'm pulling on some little hatch door down in the kitchen area, and I pull it up, and there's water down there. How much water? Like Four or five inches. Okay. And so we brought that to the, the owner's attention. I asked. And yeah. he said, it's a wood boat. It always needs water in the bilge. Okay. And so, so we took I his learned word that for that it, right? was a bilge. Okay. Yep. And that wood boats need to have water in them. Yeah. So for anyone that- The water was stinky. For anyone that, that <laughs> is into boating and is wondering, how much do we know about boats- and yeah, at this point in the story, at, we at knew- At this point, nothing. Nothing. This, this guy could have told us that- uh, there needed to be a foot of water in the bilge in order for it to be proper, and we would have believed him because we literally knew nothing about yeah. boats. So I closed the little stinky door. <laughs> <laughs> we listened to the engines. And they uh, sounded good. Yeah, I mean, it was a pair of old Isuzu engines. It fired up. It looked like something that I would want to remodel. So I was okay as long as we were knowing I was going to remodel it like a house because right. it was big and it had rooms and bathrooms. Right, living room. I mean, there's a lot of spaces in the boat. And so, yeah, I think the next, 
the next weekend, we or next few days, we brought the kids up and my cousin who was visiting, mm-hmm. and we spent. Well, we paid him. <laughs> we should probably say that. Oh yeah. So to right, lock it in right away. We, paid him. we cut the man a check to say, "Yep, we're buying the boat." Yeah. So we bought it. But we told him we needed a couple days to one. We had to find a place where we were going to, to dock the it. Boat. Yep. Yeah. In Olympia, and then um, it needed to be cleaned up. So we brought all the kids and your cousin, and some trash bags, and we spent a day cleaning the thing. And when we say spent the day, we literally mean spent the day. It took hours to, to clean, clean that boat. Just to get the trash off. Just to get the trash off. And we didn't clean it. It was just to get the trash off because you couldn't walk around. I mean, every, every cupboard was open with stuff flying out. And yeah, so we cleaned the boat. Then we brought the kids home. And Bremerton is, what, an hour drive? Um, so we drove home again. And then the day we decided we were going to get the boat. Well, no, before we were bringing the boat home, though... Every time we go to the boat, I would open that little hatch thingy because I was just curious about this water in the bilge that I knew nothing about. And I kept thinking, I think it's getting higher. So the third trip to the boat, I showed it to you and was like, Josh, I can't be crazy. The water is like almost to this. Like, to the actual hatch. hatch. Right. So I grabbed a measuring tape and so we measured there was it. literally like a 11 foot, inches or a almost. foot of water. Yeah. So we showed yeah. it to the guy. And he's just kind of like... The previous owner, yeah. Yeah, and the guy selling it was like, I, listen. He shrugged his shoulders and said, this is your boat. <laughs> this is your <laughs> this boat. This is your problem. And you now have to get it out of here by like the end of the week. Like, you have to. So we went and bought like a hand pump, right, first. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea I went to Harbor how to Freight. get water out of the boat. I went to Harbor Freight and found one of those little hand crank pumps that you use for a 55-gallon drum. <laughs> And so hooked up to a hose, and I'm holding this hose of stinky water out the side of a boat. And I'm trying to hand bilge this thing. Hand crank it. And I think I literally cranked that thing for 20 minutes, and then I grabbed the tape measure because I'm pretty methodical about making sure what's happening. Foot boat, people. Yeah. So like when we're looking at at 11 inches or 12 inches of of standing water over the span of 40 feet, uh, 42 feet. Oh, yeah, it was bigger. Than I think that. I moved the water level like half an inch. So then we decided to go home <laughs> because we were tired and gross. And No, did, didn't yes, I go to the hardware no. store right away first? No, we went home and you researched what to do. Okay. Because also the bilge pumps weren't working on this boat. Correct. Which Otherwise, the water level wouldn't have risen that high. We hadn't heard about. Didn't even know what a bilge pump <laughs> we was. We were like, what's a bilge pump? <laughs> and we're, there's a hole in the boat because it went out the side, you know, and then we're learning about holes in boats. So we went home, we did some research. Then you bought a... I bought a household uh, sump pump. Yeah. So we brought that back to the boat and it was like... Within minutes, I mean, that's clearly making a difference. Making a difference. So we got it back down to like the five inches and went home again. I mean, after hours (laughs) getting water off this boat and then decided we would be able to take it home now. All the while, I'm learning okay, there are holes in the boat (laughs) intentionally designed to bring water into the boat, go through the engine, and then go out the exhaust. That was all new information to me. Yeah. We're learning a lot really quickly. Right. Because we're also feeling the pressure from the guy we bought the boat from. He needed the boat out of the boathouse. He needed the boat out because he was feeling the pressure from the yacht club. Right. So I 
one of the things that that was uh, that I was told was to go and make sure to get insurance for the boat and to get a tow package because if we're going to take this thing from Bremerton down to Olympia, now mind you, we understood the drive to be an hour, hour and a half. I learned that going from Bremerton down to Olympia on a trawler on a, on a slow boat like this is an eight-hour journey. Someone also told us about the tide. <laughs> right, right. So it's eight hours and if you're going like, with oh, the tide. But, but wait, you need to wait for the tide. And we were like, wait, what, what are you about, talking about? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, what about the tide? Well, you don't want to go against it or how low. <laughs> like, there was like, there's a lot of things. Right. With the tide. So, yeah, man, we knew nothing. We what the knew heck were we nothing. thinking? So, it was so much fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think in the end, we just didn't know how much trouble we were in, like how much danger. We didn't know what the risk was. I guess. So after getting the, the new battery bank, after figuring out how to properly bilge the water out, how to deal with this impeller that had gone bad. So we decide we're going to take this boat. We can get it home now. <laughs> we called. We have a we have a place to moor it. Um, but we decided not to take the kids because I was like, that is if, that would just be stupid. It is an actively sinking yeah. boat. Yeah, if this boat goes down. <laughs> so we brought life jackets. Oh, man. We had the, just the two of us because we figured, you know, we're halfway to Olympia and this thing goes down. Hey, what a day. We'll get rescued. <laughs> right. Worst case, but we, we lost. the kids. Right, right. Worst case, we, 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 we sink a $5,500 boat right. and... Uh, Which... It, Anyone out there, you might know the fines or whatever. that We didn't know at the time either. (laughs) We didn't know. (laughs) You might be going, you stupid idiot. (laughs) There's fines for that. Probably is. So they were leaving. Um, The guy that sold it to us, he brings us to the boathouse. He gives us the keys and he's like, see you later. There was not really like, I mean, he knew we knew nothing about boats. But he didn't really help us a lot. And so we untie and we're backing out and we've never backed out a boat i mean it's 42 feet yeah so i had never even piloted <laughs> a like a, a, a lake boat a little boat i'd never piloted an actual running boat in my life i've never tied off a boat or untied a boat i've so, never been a first mate so in, in addition <laughs> to this being a, a new boat to us this is a new boat experience this boat has two engines and i've got two different transmissions that i've got to juggle i've got two different throttles so we're literally learning on the fly navigating through the yacht club where there's well, these super expensive boats you know are all around us just backing out just backing out you almost hit like this million dollar boat behind us and i'm like turn turn i don't even know how you turn this thing but it clearly needs to move. <laughs> and I think at the last minute, you... I figured something you, you out. figured something out. I mean, obviously, you did. We didn't hit the million-dollar boat. <laughs> we didn't hit the boat. We didn't hit the boathouse that we almost we hit almost... on the way out. <laughs> As first mate, I'm yelling, there's black smoke coming out of, like, the left side, and there's white smoke <laughs> coming out the right. So, yeah, we hadn't figured out port side and starboard <laughs> right, side yet. I mean, like, I had done my research. Like, I knew, but... I still have a hard time, but... I'm just like, I don't know what this means. And someone says we have to turn on a radio, which we did. And I remember, what was the name of the boat? Jubilee. Jubilee. We had so many like, Jubilee, Jubilee, you've got black smoke coming out, like port side or whatever side. And we're like. Yeah, we know. Thanks. (laughs) We also have a bilge pump that's pumping the whole time we're going. 
So, and, yeah. And we wouldn't pile it from inside because it smelled so bad. So and it was pilot, loud. It was it, extremely loud inside. We piloted from the top and just sat up there. On the top deck, on the flybridge. Whatever it's called. I'm still learning. Um, piloting it down to Olympia, taking turns steering. And it was the most amazing day ever. It, the weather couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. Uh, it was a beautiful sunny day. Porpoises jumping in the water. We saw lots of seals. Things. I, all we could keep thinking, though, too, was, man, the girls are missing this. Yeah. yeah. This is like amazing and the kids are missing it but the boat is sinking so it's good that they're not here <laughs> like, it's still good they're not here one of the most memorable things for memorable things for me was going under the narrows bridge in tacoma or i guess well, toward near we had Harbor. driven over it so many times to get to the boat yeah you go over a bridge it just feels like going over, over a bridge it. and the view's kind of nice and then we're going under it and we're like oh my gosh we have to do this with the kids yeah yeah it was amazing also, uh, what was a little scary was some of the tidal currents under the bridge were throwing the boat sideways. So that was a new experience. Yeah, the Narrows has some fun water. So we get through we all that. We now think it's fun. I thought it was fun then, too. So eight-hour journey, we finally get into Olympia. And the whole time, I'm actually using the um, like some app on my phone that, that's actually plotting the, the course for me. And so that part was easy. Like I didn't Which was wonder. great, because we had some, we had that one lady that told us we'd have maps, and I was like, maps? And then you got to figure out the tide. I think she hadn't gotten up to speed on apps. <laughs> no, I think that the boating community says you need to have a good handle on that. Like, you can't just rely on your phone. Oh, like learn your maps? Yeah, yeah. So we get to Olympia. There's the uh, there's the dock like at the guest dock that's available at the marina there, and we pull in and we get off the boat. And even though it was a stinky, I'm not even sure how I tied that off. <laughs> just just, no just wind it around the cleat over and over again. <laughs> no one had taught us yet. Right, we hadn't learned anything yet. But we were giddy. We got just off this giddy. boat, and yeah, this was like the coolest thing we had ever done. Like it was so exciting. Yeah, I think it was the most romantic thing we've ever done. I yeah, think. I think so too. Like we enjoyed the day completely. We didn't eat anything. I didn't pee the whole time. Good thing I have got a good bladder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you did. Well, there's like we weren't sure about. Wait, wait, wait! You don't know if I peed? I, don't know. <laughs> I was with you the whole time. No, I just know that I was like, I'm holding it. <laughs> so eight hours, I can do it. <laughs> I think what we concluded was. That was the coolest thing we'd ever done. We're definitely going to be boaters. And the thing is, like, that's the kind of trip that I think for most people would have made them decide we are never doing this again. Like, this is not the life for us. But it did the exact opposite for us. Yeah. No, we were boaters for life. Yeah. We we are totally locked in. We're doing this. But we're selling this. But but this is not the boat for us. (laughs) This is not the boat. Um, We spent a month. Still having to go down every day to make sure that it wasn't sinking. I think we got called once, like it's below the line, so we ran down to yeah, yeah. turn things on. But um, we had this thing that was actively sinking, and we realized it was not the boat to take the kids out. And as much as we would have liked to have um, turned it over, refinished everything, and made it back to what it could be, um, we decided that our kids are older. And we only have so many summers left. And right. So I didn't want a pro. We didn't want a project. We didn't want boat to have a project that because we weren't by the able time to take we're out. done with it, then our kids are gone. And right. 
we enjoyed what we did so much and we wanted them to get to experience it that we decided we'd sell it, buy a different boat, one that didn't need work, that we could just take out whenever we wanted to and take the kids someplace. Right. And that's how we ended up with our current boat, the uh, Zorro Del Mar. Yep. And we've had fun with it. Yeah. And then that turned into, we should live on (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And we'll talk more about that one on our next episode. That's the the spiral we're in. Right. All right. Good story, Kendra. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the banter between Kendra and I, make sure to subscribe to Drop Anchor Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. If you want to check out our photos and tweets, head to dropanchorpodcast.com and just click on random things over there. Thanks again to Matt Geddes for the use of his Zoom H6 recorder for the show, and thanks to my daughter Charlie for the music.